The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. Welcome to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I am Lorianne Kazdia. Our goal here at Healthy Lifestyle is to inspire, educate, and empower you to fulfill a healthy emotional, spiritual, and physical life so you can feel empowered to live the life you have always wanted and dreamed. Welcome to the show. So happy to be here. I am a number one international best-selling author, life and business transformational success coach, and I help others illuminate, empower, and educate others to find and embrace their life purpose, live their highest vision, and forge a strong foundation to soar to success. For more information, please visit us at ldcstrategies.com or Lori Ann Kazdia.com. Today on the show, we have Corey Solomon Santone. Is she is a dreamer and unshakable optimism and passion for living life to its fullest. Um, she's a soul sister with me. Um, she is also an author, one of my sister authors of Women Who Dream. Uh, she is a founder and CEO of Center Stage Solution. And it's a firm dedicated to supporting executives, women, and youth overcoming barriers that stand in the way of achieving the life results, and relationships they truly want. She uses her unique skill set, intuition, and humor to guide others through a collaborative problem-solving process that has allowed thousands to achieve success and take center stage. Her expertise comes from 23 years of successful leadership roles in the non-for-profit educational business and arts sectors, where she saved and served as a CEO, CFO of a regional nonprofit arts education organization, charter school founder, residential camp director, sales director, certified teacher, and school administrator. And Corey has raised millions of dollars, launched dozens of programs, and changed the lives of thousands of people over the past several decades. I am so pleased to have Corey on the show today. Corey, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So happy to have you. Um, I'm so excited to talk about, you know, Center Stage Solutions. Um, You have a website, centerstagesolutions.com. I I think that's really, um, really is so exciting what you do. Let's just talk for a moment as my listeners are used to me talking about women who dream. Um, I I just absolutely loved your chapter, Take Your Center Stage. Um, Can you give us a little idea of what that was about, how you came about writing that chapter? Sure. So um, I love that we're in this book together. I also loved your chapter. And so what I would say my chapter really was was this wonderful process of me going through my life and realizing all of these themes that where I reinvent my life and re you know we had to restart for lots of reasons and you know took big risks and you know realized that I felt really safe to take those big risks because my parents really set me up to believe that you know I, I was invincible when I was young and that um, I could, I could really try anything and do anything if I just, you know, put my mind to it. And, um, and I, and so I did. And, and, you know, as soon as life throws you, you know, big curveballs, I had to try to navigate through those. And so the story is really my, you know, my life and some of those big hurdles and, and this process of, you know, re- taking big new risks 
and then how those panned out and then really, you know, got me to this place where I'm at and, and kind of a, a theme behind it. And that's where this take center stage is about is that I was, I loved theater. I was always really involved in, as a young person in theater and drama activities. And, and I realized how much it taught me about, you know, how to, you know, improv in life and adapt and, you know, reimagine yourself and, you know, new characters and relating to other people in your life and, and how you have to, you know, collaborate and work with other people and realize your environment and your, your setting and where you're at on the stage and so forth. And so um, it really took a theme through the chapter and, and really trying to promote to other women and young women that you, it's worth it to take big risks. And it doesn't mean it will be easy. It actually is quite the opposite. Is that as soon as you step into center stage and you put a big spotlight on yourself, it will bring lots of challenges, <laughs> lots of attention, lots of stress potentially. But that by we have to we have to do that. Or well, that's how we grow, life, right? Right, right. right. <laughs> and yeah. so if you don't ever take those risks or you know step into that spotlight, you're never going to experience all of the magic that your life really could be. In yeah. Story. And we're sisters on so many levels because I was all in the theater as well and, um, you know, loved performing arts. I come, both of my parents were musicians. Um, so I was always around the arts and, and have a major love for the arts. But taking center stage on, you know, figuratively and literally is uh, exactly what you, you did in your life. And I love the f- fact that you took your challenges and you looked at it as like, all right, let's step up and, see where this is going because those are transformational moments aren't they well for sure right and so they're it's really trying to every time there's a you know this big challenge in your life thinking of it as an opportunity to try to do something new with your story and your life and um it's it's leaning into that (laughs) instead of letting it you know take over and um and take you into a direction that you're you don't want to be in and so that I hope people get that out of the the chapter of like just this idea of leaning in and taking big risks and looking at barriers um as opportunities yeah because well from our greatest tragedies from our greatest challenge has the greatest opportunity for change right um so and if we are uncomfortable I've actually become very comfortable being uncomfortable. I'm no longer comfortable being comfortable. (laughs) You know, I'm much more (laughs) comfortable being uncomfortable. And and somebody's probably sitting there scratching their head going, what did she just say? But it's really true. Um, It's, it's, I really prefer being in an uncomfortable position because I know I'm growing. I know I'm learning. I know I'm becoming the next version of myself. When we're in a comfy couch, we're just being, and that's okay. Sometimes it's okay to just be. Yeah, no, I I love that you just put it that way. I actually just had this conversation with my 17-year-old <laughs> stepdaughter who, you know, she was recognizing that she likes change. And she was like, and when I'm, I don't feel that change, I, I create it. And, you know, we were talking through the idea of like creating it in a positive way <laughs> or creating it in a negative way. But I feel the same way. I think the reality is when we get static and we get comfortable. Sometimes we, we get into habits or we get, you know, it's like this dull of your light that you've got to shine. But when you're pushing yourself or trying new things and, or you're changing, there's, there's such energy around that, that 
it's infectious to the people around you. People can feel that from you. And I, it's so powerful, yeah. right? It's, it's movement. It's, it's, it's an exciting time in your life, but sometimes we have to create that. And sometimes life circumstances create that. Well, if we're paying attention to what universe is, you know, universe God source is sending us the messages and they do. Um, so we get these messages. If we're paying attention, they take care of it for us. They move us along, move along. It's, uh, I always liken it to uh, a wave in a, in water, right? So if you look at a wave in an ocean, it just has this automatic rhythm to it, but then all of a sudden the tide changes and then it has this automatic rhythm in a different direction. And those are the things that um, allow you to see the changes and the opportunities that lay in front of you. And then you get to choose. So to me, it's always, and it goes back to my chapter of two choices. You always have two choices. You can stay stuck or you can get unstuck. You can go, you can stop, you can go forward. You could go backwards. There's always two choices. Um, and there's always a choice. You always have a choice. Nobody can make you do anything. You always have a choice. When someone says, you know, I don't have a choice. I used to say that a lot. Um, I don't have a choice. I have to do that. No, I did have a choice. I just cho chose at that time, the easier way, the, the more passive way, the one that created less bumps at the time, but ultimately in the long run created much more static in my life than I really needed. Ever happened to you? Oh yeah, I I think you know I love I loved your metaphor of the ocean. I'm certainly a beach girl, so that speaks to me. And but I I think that is exactly what happens to us. And the reality is, um, it it's so intentional, right? Like yeah. that you have these choices and that you can make them. And and I agree. That's what I was trying to. I use in my coaching and, you know, it's this idea that when you're, when I say take your center stage or step into it, it's, it's the idea that you have control over your entire narrative. You have control over your whole story. And as soon as you start, you know, we, we act like we're not the ones making the choices and it's happening to us, then we stop leading our story. Right. And then you're, you're letting other people, you know, dictate what your life is looking and feeling like. And I think this is where I love working with youth and, you know, girls in middle and high school, because they often feel like they have very little control over the things happening to them <laughs> because they, they have to follow the rules and they have to do what their parents say and they have to do all of this stuff. And, and then, like you said, the reality is there's always choices <laughs> and you get to affect those more than not. And, and that's really what collaborative problem solving is about is in every situation, helping people recognize that yeah, you have control over what you're doing. And so that you might not be able to, there are certain things you can't control and, but you can control your response, your choices, your actions, your feelings about those things. Totally That's agree. It, it, you have complete control over your responses and your responses ch can change and alter the outcome. And, and here's the right. coolest thing. And, and I know it's this like major secret that everybody seems to get to, to keep, but I'm going to blow it up right now <laughs> is that <laughs> those, those responses that we make, um, if we don't like the outcome, next time we get an opportunity, we just change the response until we find the outcome we're looking for. So if, if it's not working, I'll give you an example. Um, I used to 
have this dance when my son was a teenager and every Saturday we would have this dance and I would want him to obviously, what am I going to say? Clean up his room. Yes, of course. And it was a mess. I, I mean, I know there was carpet in that room, but I hadn't seen it in years. I wouldn't, I couldn't even tell you what color it was because that's how, what a mess it was in there. And it drove me nuts because I'm a, a bit of a neat freak. And so every Saturday I would, you know, have the conversation, go down the hallway, start working on what I'm working. And then I, I was like talking to myself going, I don't understand why he's so disrespectful. How can he live in that squalor? Where did this child come from? I swear he was switched at birth. You know, I would have all this silly chatter in my head. And week after week, we would do this. And one day I just walked down the hallway and shut the door. And I changed my response. And I said, I just keep the door shut. I don't want to look at it. If you want to live like that, God bless. As long as it's not in the rest of the house and it's just in your room you know, have at it. And I had a great day. That was like the first Saturday that I, I just went along and I was just like, okay, this is good. This is working. And the funny thing is, is three changes and three outcomes ended up happening. One was obviously I had a really good day. Two was, um, I knew that one day when he went to college, I would find out and discover, have the pleasure of rediscovering the color of his carpet, which I did, by the way, it's blue. Um, and uh, and actually, I no longer have carpets in my house and it's wood floor, but at the time it was blue. Um, and then the third outcome was, and don't you know, Corey, he started cleaning up his room. Right. <laughs> it's like, I was like, really? That's what it took? Freely. You know, so we, we just, we, I just kept trying different, different responses. Um, so I would feel comfortable. And the outcome was okay for me. And then, you know, it ended up being the outcome was great for all of us because he ended up starting to take care of his room and do do things because I wasn't asking him to, quite frankly. You know, so uh, right. interesting how that control and the same with your your high school and middle school girls, you know, young women, there's a lot of stuff coming at them and there's a lot of choices you have to make and you have to you know, be kind to yourself. There are no really wrong answers. It's just, we're making the best choices with the information we have at the time. And somebody said, you know, I regret that I did X, Y, and Z. And I was like, why are you punishing yourself for that? Uh, you, did you make the best choice you could at the time? And, and they said to me, I should have known better. And I said, if you knew better, you wouldn't have made that choice. And they just stopped in their tracks and went, huh, I never thought about it that way. If they knew better, they it would have been on the table for their choices, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. think um, you know one thing I we talk about is this idea of saying, well, what is it that you really want, or what do you want to see happen? Right. And sometimes people don't necessarily have that clarity, and certainly young people. But if they if they can articulate that, like I I want this person to be my friend, or I. I want my mom to stop <laughs> nagging me or I want, I, what are you I trying to say, Corey? <laughs> <laughs> well, felt relative, but, you know, and then, and then really saying, okay, then what are you doing right now to get what you want? Yeah. And typically, I mean, just like you said, of like what you really, you wanted ultimately was for him to clean his room so that you, you could feel comfortable in your own house. Right. Or, you know, the way, however you'd articulate it, but that power of, saying, oh, but you are actively doing something right now and it is or is not getting you what you want. Yeah. And so then the next step is like, well, then what could you do differently? <laughs> Just try something different. And then, like you said, this cycle of like, you would basically, you try something new and if it doesn't work, you try something again. Yeah. And getting people to see that there's always another way. Yeah. Like, and, and you 
the first step is just recognizing that if if it's not working, you have to try something else or are you just going to get getting the same result? And when we're trying, absolutely, we'll get, it's, it's the definition of what? Right. <laughs> so, um, insanity. So, um, yeah, when we're sitting there and I love, I love that you say, you know, the, what do you want part? Because w- our society doesn't ask us, they tell us what we're going to do. And they tell us what we're, we want, if you, if you really think about it. And so when somebody actually sits there, and we are both coaches, and we ask our respective clients, what do you want? I know most of my clients, although they, they're used to it now, but when they first, I started first asking those questions, there would be a, like a stunned silence because they didn't know what they wanted. They weren't sure what it was that they were upset about. They, they couldn't bring it down. And, and therein lies where it's important to have a coach because we, we don't give you the answers. We coach you through. You already have the answers inside. You already know what you want to do. You just haven't focused in on it. And that's one of the, the things that we get to do, right? When we're working with our clients. Yeah, it's amazing. And I couldn't agree more that, you know, typically people are, we're, we're really good at saying what we don't want and it's, but then it's so hard to articulate exactly what it is that we want. Well, here's an aha moment for that is in order for us to know what we want, we have to understand what we don't want. And that's why we have a lot of what I refer to as contrast, um, the negatives, the contrast, because we need to know, Oh, I don't like that. I don't want that. You know, I don't like, I don't like chicken or I don't like this or I don't like, you know, carpets or I don't like whatever it is to know that, okay, if I don't have carpets, what are my other choices? Linoleum, wood, you know, there's a whole bunch of other choices. And, and until we know what we don't want, we don't know what we do want. Um, one of the exercises I do, especially this time of year, I do a visioning, um, which is a goal setting uh, process and for the for the next year coming up. And one of the things is, is every time I do it with clients or a group of people speaking engagements, I am actually doing it myself as well. And so invariably I'll ask someone to stand up and share what, um, if they would, what they, um, what they're looking for. What are some of the things that they're writing down as their goals? And one day this woman stood up and said, I want to own my own airplane. And I'm like, Oh, I want to own my own airplane. So I wrote it down on my sheet, right? And as I was going through my goals and setting them up for the year, going through the process, I looked at the the airplane and I went, I, I, I don't want an airplane. I don't want to pay for a mechanic. I don't want to pay for a crew. I don't want to pay to have it in a, um, in a hangar. I don't want to have to pay for the gas, especially right now. Um, I don't want to have all that upkeep, that maintenance. I don't want to own a plane. I want to know someone who has a plane. And I wrote that down on my, my sheet. And sure enough, I have a friend who um, not only has a plane, but builds plane and flies plane. So I, I got, you know, I ended up achieving my goal, but um, there was the difference. It sounded really good. But then when I, when I really looked at it and analyzed it, it didn't work for me. So um, that's what I mean by you you need to understand what you don't want before you really narrow it down to what you do want. And that's, I think that's why a lot of the time relationships and things like that, we really don't know what we want. And as we get older, we start figuring out, okay, you know, through the dating process, okay, you know, I, I do want this. I don't want that. Right. No, totally. I think, um, you know, and especially young people don't often, 
only know what they've experienced. So they're sure. not sure what you can have, right? And so then they're saying, well, I want to feel this way, but are not clear on what's making them feel any of the things. <laughs> and so I, I think that's where I've seen a lot of really wonderful things happen through coaching this, you know, this value of just talking that through with someone because I could. And giving them the tools. Yeah, they have the answers. Yes. Just getting them to realize their, their, what they already believe. And their own power. Yeah. And their power. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we all do that at any age, no matter what age we're at, we, you know, we really have to assess what we want and learn those tools. And as we, every age group has different challenges. It's almost like if you look at, you know, a baby learning how to crawl, learning how to walk, learning how they have their challenges at that level. And we all have our challenges at the level that we're at. So it's always a constant, we're always a, um, a work in progress, right? Oh, yes. And, you know, the moment we stop working on ourselves, <laughs> then we're we're losing out on so many possibilities. Yeah, row, row. So. <laughs> you are listening to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I'm here with Corey. We are going to come back and, and jump into taking risks. And what does that feel like? What does that look like? We, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I am Lorianne Kazdia. Whether your goal is improving your health, increasing prosperity in business, developing a business and marketing strategy, nurturing your spiritual growth, you are in the right place. We can help you shift your mindset, harness your talents, remove resistance, and rise above your limitations. You will be empowered to create your desired reality as we guide you. The results are based on an approach of shifting mindset, achieving your goals in business through personalized strategy, and we can show you how to take your vision to the next level. Visit us at www ldcstrategies.com and if you would like to be a guest or lift up your business product or not for profit profit or if you have a question or comment you would we would love to hear from you please email us at healthy lifestyle with la at gmail.com that's healthy lifestyle with la at gmail.com now we're back here with Corey solomon santone she is outstanding Standing, standing owner and CEO of Center Stage Solutions. And we were having this really wonderful conversation about the importance of having a coach and having someone to talk to to help guide us through things that we don't understand. One thing, Corey, that, um, you know, a little story, a backstory to my life, we only know what we know growing up. So we think in our families, that's how everybody's family is until we go outside our families and learn about other people's families, traditions, things like that, which I always found very intriguing. So I found out about all these different religions and I started learning about Buddhism and Hinduism and all these different religions. And I thought it was really intriguing to the point where, you know, I was looking for that thread. Where's the commonality between all things like that? And I love when when you learn about new things because then you can choose to adapt it, not adapt it, enjoy watching it from a distance or doing it yourself. So quick story, when I was young and my house, both of my parents I mentioned were musicians and uh, they had they had a lot of musicians that would come over after they performed at this venue called, it used to be called Westbury Music Fair. It has another name now. I think it's Citibank or something. But um 
it was Westbury Music Fair, they would come over and they would hang out at our house um, on the weekends. And I would have people there, and this is really throwing back, I'm really aging myself, but we were throwing back to like Lana Turner, Stephen Edie Lawrence, um, Tony Bennett, uh, Lionel Hampton, a vibes player, uh, Mannard Ferguson, a trumpet player, um, all these singers back from that age, they would be in my living room playing I thought everybody's house was like that. So when I started telling my friends that, you know, these musicians were in my house, they were they were just like, yeah, okay, that's happening. And I'm like, no, it really is. And isn't it interesting that I grew up in that kind of environment, whereas other people, you know, wouldn't wouldn't have that kind of exposure. And I didn't have exposure to other things, some challenges that other people were exposed to. So isn't that an interesting, interesting thing to just recognize? Because we take it for granted, don't we? Yes, everyone does. And I think that's that's part of the challenge of being you know, young is that you don't, you don't really understand that until, you know, you get older and you start understanding that like my parents were, you know, they were the kind of people that always said yes to everything. Mine too. And it made me, me think that that's the way it works. That's how you can approach life. And then honestly, my husband's family, you know, they were like, we, this is how we do things. This is, we are workers. We, you know, we're going to stay in this This is how our life is going to be. And, and so just understanding when you start meeting new people and learning about all these new cultures. And, and I had the same thing. I very early on got to, you know, move away in the summers and have these abroad experiences and learn about like, oh, people are doing it so differently. <laughs> but that creates a mindset of, oh, there are just so many more options for things than I did. I even yes. and, and so in a nice way, like, I think that's one of the greatest gifts we could give, you know, our children and our friends is, is this idea of this exposure to there's a million ways to do everything. <laughs> and so there, there's always more options. And, and certainly when people are looking at like, oh, I want I would want to do this in my life, but there's no path of getting there. It's, yeah. it's really, I always love to tell people, like, you just have to find someone who did that and then ask them how they did it. Yeah. And then you'll you'll suddenly understand that there is a path. There's a pathway of getting there. And, you know, we can, we can get wherever we want to go as long as we first believe it's possible. And then, and then we make choices that will create a path that makes that possible. And so, you know, nothing is impossible. Right. I, I love the um, quote by um, Muhammad Ali. He takes the word impossible and he just changes it to I'm possible. There's no such thing as impossible, you know? So I, I, I love, love, love that quote. Um, and, and we all have to take some version, some level of risk. And, and one risk to some per one person is totally entirely not a risk to another person, but it's going outside of yourself, taking those little baby steps and sometimes taking big leaps and, and, and just going, going for it, as they say. Um, but taking risks, you, you articulated about taking center stage and you had challenges and you took risks. Um, what, what were some of the, the risks that you took and how did you jump those hurdles? Yeah. So, um, you know, one of, one of the, one pivotal moment in my like young adult life was right outside of college 
you know, is a, is a big time in everyone's life. Sure. Like, what am I going to do? What kind of job am I going to have? And at the time, I was graduating with a teaching degree, and I I knew I wanted to, like, do big things and see the world and change the world and, you know, all sorts of things. But I didn't quite know how to do that or where to go. I just knew, again, like you said, knowing not what you don't want. <laughs> you know, I knew I didn't want to just come back home and live in my same town and do the same thing that I had already, you know, lived and done. And so I found, I, I love Jane Eyre. I'm like, a, I was a, yes. you know, all things um, British at the time. And I found this teaching agency that placed teachers, um, you know, over in England and, you had to, they didn't tell you any details, but you had to fly over to England. They would then give you the details of where these interviews were at, which could be anywhere in the country. And then you'd go on the interview and then you, you hopefully would get a job and then you'd live there. So they gave you kind of a month to do all these interviews. And then ideally you would then get a visa and through their company and so forth. And so I signed up to do that. And I think the, that kind of risk, I look back and I'm like, what, what made me think that I was like able to do that? And, and honestly, the timing of it was um, September 11th. My flight was September 13th. And so I was packing my bags when all of this September 11th stuff started. And, and I think back that like, my parents could have very well said like, Oh, we're, you're not doing this. Like this isn't happening. And but they didn't. They were like, this, if you want to do this, we will support you. We, you can do this. And, you know, I flew to England. I had five people on my flight, uh, you know, this international flight. And then I got there. And I think one of the things that I always have found is helpful when you're taking these big risks is to find your people, find people that can support you and can cheer you through it when you're doubting your decision. And I remember landing in England and being like, what am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, why do I, what is this going on? But then it completely worked out. And of course, you know, every choice then informs your life. And, um, you know, I had a wonderful year teaching in England and it was, it was crazy. I was like teaching with sheep, you know, wandering around on the playground and, Um, you know, I was teaching in this tiny little village school, but it taught me how to do so many things in education. And, you know, now, you know, when I was 20 years later and I'm opening a school based on differentiated learning and all of these really great concepts I got, because really my first year of teaching was in a different country with a completely different approach. And, um, and it just was so valuable, but when we take those big risks, there's, there's, there has to be a moment of like complete just bravery. Yeah, <laughs> you're just set into a decision, and then you commit, and you have to follow through. And I like to make these big decisions, and I also like question it, like, oh my gosh, did am I, should I do this? Should I, <laughs> or should I do it? And and that's when you have to call your people. Yeah, and knowing yeah. who those people are in your life, and having them or creating them, you know, through some kind of network is it's such a powerful backbone to that. Without a doubt. gets you all of that. Yeah, having community is a really good thing. And if you don't have community, having one or two raving fan cheerleaders, one of my girlfriends, Deborah, 
Um, she's like, she's amazing and brilliant in it of herself. Um, but she is a raving cheerleader for me. And half the time she doesn't even understand what I'm doing. Not because she's not smart. It's because, you know, I, I haven't even told her half the things. And she's like, you go. She's just, you know, just there. Just, I always know she's going to lift me up and support whatever I do. And, and that's what you need to surround yourself with. We need to surround ourselves with high vibing people who are just really supportive and watching. We are watching each other grow and succeed. Just like the 30 authors in Women Who Dream, um, which you can find on Amazon. That was absolutely a cheap plug. Um, but <laughs> we, um, we, uh, we do, we, you know, we all are supportive of one another. And when one, one lady does something, we're like, okay, let's go. You know, so proud of you. Congratulations. And it's really genuine. It's really, really genuine. There's plenty of room for all of us. There are so many people out there to serve that we do collaborate and work with each other. I, you know, I look forward to an opportunity to co-create with you, Corey, because I think there are some things that I could bring to your school and your, your students and your, your girls that might be helpful and enhancing the, the already amazing processes that you bring them yourself. So, and I love the fact that you like had sheep running around and do your adaptation capability. For me, that's magical. When I watch people do the adaption, we can adapt. We can transform if we're not resisting it. And when we adapt, it's so much nicer and so much more beautiful. Look at the experiences you have. And now you get to bring it back and share it with the people that you're teaching. I, I, I agree. I couldn't agree more. And I love, I love our women who dream. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, you know, and I would love to co, co you know, create things with you. And, and what I love is that, um, you know, even though there's there's some there's lots of overlap and similarities in coaching and constant consultants and things like that, like it's really finding a great match for the tools that you need yep. in that stage of your life or that moment. And everyone has a, a little bit of a niche of what tools are we really using in that moment, and yeah. you know what can we do. And and so I use that when I'm working with you know nonprofit clients and executives that. You know, every every nonprofit has its own unique challenges and certainly funding barriers and sure. so forth. But it's about really looking at like what's already there, and then what are I like to call them black holes. But it's like there's like missing information or something that's missing in either someone's belief or in the organization of like you're missing this wonderful resource that you already have. Right. And you can put that into play and. And sometimes it's good to just have an outside person seeing the same stuff, you know, and, and helping you process. Well, I think that's a really, really, really good thing to have. And, and the way I usually frame it is uh, the corporation is in the pool swimming and keeping their head above water and dealing with day-to-day -day incoming things. We're up on the co coping looking down, we have purview to be able to look in. We have no attachment to anything. We don't have an attachment to the outcome. We want the outcome we want is obviously success for our clients, but we have no attachment to the individuals and we don't have any predetermined ideas about anything or anyone. So when we're looking at something from the outside, or if anybody's looking at something from the outside, it brings an element that there is no way you could bring even if you're in your observer, there's no way you could bring because you have other pieces of information that may lend, lead you in one direction or another. So it's really important to get outside guidance coming in and having outside eyes look at your company, look at your not-for-profit, look at your programs that you're doing and um, 
enhancing it by by saying, hey, you know, great job, but did you think of this? Or how about that? Or maybe we need to switch jobs with this person and this person. And what do you think about that? So these ideas are just, you know, to bring bring them to the next level. Because sometimes we, in corporations too, they get stuck in a habit. And then all of a sudden they're out of business because they got stuck in a habit. You know, things like Motorola, they got stuck in a habit of delivering phones. Whereas Apple got stuck in the habit of delivering um, equipment and tools that allowed our lives to progress forward. So they they casted a net that was more universal and they could change and morph and move. Whereas Motorola was like, yeah, we just do a phone, <laughs> you know? So yeah. th- th- those are the differences and, and overcoming those barriers in life is, is really amazing. And of course you use collaborative pro- problem solving as well. Yes, I do. I do. And that it's the same idea of like, what, what is it that's happening in the moment? What are you doing? Which is that rut that people get into right, right. and sometimes can't even see is contributing to the outcome that they don't want, you know? And so you have to, you have to change that. <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah, it's it's like the you know I've always done it this way. O- okay, but n- you're you're stuck. So maybe let's try it a new way. Have you right. thought of looking at it a different way, right? And a lot of times, it's um, you know people struggle to see that they're doing anything at all, and like that they play a role in it. They're like, well, this is happening, or especially in organizations of like, well, I have this is happening with the board, or this is happening with our costs, or revenue streams, and so forth, and so. But really getting them to say, well, you're made, you've made choices or you are in a role. And by do, by being in that role, you have a part that you're playing. Right. And so there are other choices that can exist. And, you know, I think people, we so often, we have the tools that we would use and we need and we don't always use them. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. um, it's, it's really just helping people like stay focused and tap into the network or the tools or the people that we already have. I think, I mean, partly I've had to do a lot of fundraising and in my life through, you know, my jobs and it's, it was always surprising to me to hear people who like were like struggling to raise money. But then when you ask, like, have you asked? these people in your network? Have you asked for this? Have you asked for what you need? And oftentimes the answer was no, (laughs) you know, so, but it's like, it's the same thing in relationships. Like, have you, have you said, this is exactly what I want and figured out how you can get there. And so often we just have to ask the people that are involved with clarity about what it is that we're trying to do. Yeah. There's a great book about that, which is um, uh, the four agreements um, and one is don't don't make any assumptions. That's one of the the right. four agreements. It's uh, don't take anything personally. Be impeccable with your word and always show up the best you you can show up as. So if you live your life by those four things, you won't get yourself into a rut, and you will have to ask because you can't make an assumption. So um, it really really helps. What's your why, Corey? My why. So honestly. My why right now for all of this are my girls. I have three daughters and, you know, they've gotten older. I've, they're 17, 14, and 7. God bless. And, and so, you know, so in a nice way of over the last 
you know, 10, 15 years, I've been, I I just see them watching me all the time, you know, and, and also experiencing life. And just like you said, this it's a great outside perspective, yeah. in some ways of seeing their lives unfold and, and seeing them unfold as these young women to say, Oh, wow, like, I, I need to do this for them. I need them to feel the same way that my parents helped me feel that they, that they could, they can do anything they want. They can be anything they want. And, but then there's, there's, it's not going to always be easy, right? And that there's hardship and that we can do hard things. And that, that's our favorite thing in our house. We can do hard things. And so when I'm feeling the most fulfilled is when like I hear them say things like that, like, oh yes. my God, this. I'm going to try this thing. And I'm like, oh, this is why I'm doing this work in the world. And to try to help, you know, not only my girls, but then other girls and other executives and other women that have, I've been in touch with so many, I've been blessed to have been connected and met so many women and been in these youth development settings that, you know, everyone's struggling with very similar things, you know, on this spectrum. And so I love that I can just use, you know, some of my experience and the insights that I've been able to take from these to to help other people and, and get my girls to being their best self. That's and beautiful. In the future. So beautiful. Corey, Corey Solomon Santone, thank you so much for being on. Um, you can find her at centerstagesolutions.com. Uh, you can also get an email to her at Corey Solomon Santone at gmail.com. All this information will be found associated with this, this, um, radio show. So if you look it up, we can uh, give that to you as well. In the meantime, I, th- I want to thank you for being on today. You are an angel. Uh, I, I just, I love spending the time and thank you for being a sister author with us. Uh, um, you know, very blessed to be surrounded by 29 unbelievably strong, talented, smart women. And uh, Corey, you are definitely one of those. So I look forward to co-creating with you. Thank you all for joining us today on Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I know you have a lot of choices. My heart is lifted that you choose to spend this time with us. Again, I want to thank our guest, Corey Solomon Santone. Um, thank you so much for coming on. And if you're looking for a business coach, accountability, strategy, direction, a sounding board, someone to help streamline your business or more, um, or you're not even sure what you want to do, what you want to be when you grow out, grow up, it's okay. Feel free to reach out to me at 516-983-3591. Let's see if it's a good fit. If it's not, I know so many amazing people that might be a really good fit for you. And I can certainly help you soar to success. Um, shameless plug, number one international bestseller, Women Who Dream can be found on Amazon uh, with my name or for co-authors. Um, you can go on there and find us all. You will love, love, love Corey's chapter. Thank you all for joining us on Healthy Lifestyle with Lori Ann. Um, come and join us next Saturday at three right here on JVC Broadcasting. And you can follow us on iHeartRadio. Until next time, play a higher role, serve a higher purpose, show up for you and show up big. Have a great day, everyone. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting, management, or its sponsors.